Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Roll up to the Ramble fans of penalty shootouts and tell us how well you did at your interview for the Everton job. It's Thursday, the 27th of January. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. We're going to come on to the Everton job thing in a minute, obviously. But it's smacks to me that sort of like talking about how well you did or how well you didn't do. It's a little bit like those people who would talk through every single answer they made to a question in an exam after you finished the exam at school. No? Yeah, it's a little bit like, what's that episode of Black Mirror where they've all got that chip behind their ears where you can re-see everything you did? Yeah, replay and, your memories. Uh, yeah, and they, they sit and watch the guy's job interview? Yes. At, at the beginning? That's not an episode I've seen, but it sounds amazing. I have seen episodes of Black Mirror before you even start. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah, didn't no, realise the wire was in Baltimore. I mean, I don't mean to reveal that in front of the uh, the Ramblers, but oh, I, I, really... was, I was disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed, mate. The thing about the wire is it's got loads of episodes, isn't it? Yes. Yes, and I just, I fear... I think there I is think a bit commitment more to it, is what I was going to say, but that's not. Um, maybe I do. Anyway, uh, yeah. Just, I, just, <laughs> I think that's how it's listed on Wikipedia. Show with lots of episodes. Yeah. That's what it's notable for. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I get stressed about getting too involved in something uh-huh. that takes up so many episodes. Yeah, well, that's also, fair. That's there's, fair. There's, there are lots of actors in it as well. Oh. So if you enjoy actors, you might also enjoy what they do in those episodes. What, <laughs> what you think? It. More actors is better, Jim. Well, just a, a number of actors. 
can also improve episodes, can't it? If this is the level we're talking about as to, to what you you know might tempt you to watch something. This is very weird, a stand-up comedian promoting a production that's got more than one person in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is poor marketing, Jim. Actually, in a sense, this is an excellent segue into last night's AFCON because more, in a sense, if you have two penalty shootouts, it's almost like you have more actors in mm. the game, yes. right? And in the first one, we're going we're gonna to talk about Egypt nil, Ivory Coast nil. Nine out of ten spoke their lines. Yeah. Eric by Fluffed his, didn't he? After being... It and was a complicated s- line, but he overcomplicated it. Yes. He should have just delivered it straight, I yeah. think. Trying to do too much. Um, and after playing really pretty brilliantly, I thought, in the rest of the game. Yeah, all, yeah he, all, was, so, he really stood out, didn't he? It's, it's the manner. It's always the manner in the penalty shootout of, of, of how you miss a penalty, isn't it? Oh. Because actually, he was a coat of paint away from it going in. Yeah. Well, that's it, exactly. Yeah, if someone stay still or doesn't dive you should be fine yeah you're right I mean if it had that even been a more conventional penalty and, and had the keeper just got to it you wouldn't you wouldn't think oh why is he trying that but it, again it is the it is a kind of slightly flamboyant nature of something like that combination of that all. and him being a defender yeah basically is it, if you're a defender just welly it just lever it yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. the Athletic re- reacted to it by doing a, one of those like have a chat about the worst ever penalty you've you've seen which I thought was actually quite harsh that's really it's harsh. Been in the yeah. chamber for a while, though, hasn't it? Surely, oh, do you know I what I mean? They're like, right, get it out. Surely, because uh, I thought. I mean, I can think of about a billion penalties that. Are, yeah, that's an exaggeration, that. but you know, something many was in the Euros final. Pretty much all the penalties people tried to take, even the ones that went in, in Tottenham's lost shootout against Norwich in, mm. in the cup. Um, it turns out penalties are in the eyes of the beholder. Do you think it's, so? It's like, it's like that um, Brian Talbot thing I was talking about a while back. You know, when he was manager of, of West Brom and they missed two penalties in a league game against Swindon and he had given players instructions on hitting the ball well when taking a penalty. Huh. So player who got it on target and had it saved was fined. Guy who smashed it like loads over the top <laughs> was all right. He didn't he didn't get fined. He just got, oh, oh, we'll do better next time. Wait, no, that's mad. Wow. Surely the stupidest thing you can ever do is yeah. to... You know, and it, just miss the it target. Happens, so, right? yeah. yeah, at least yeah. getting on target, even if it dribbles into the hands of the goalkeeper. It was, it was a point he was making about following managerial instructions, I guess. Bloody but yeah, ridiculous. God, how annoying. Mm. The, um, the game actually was pretty good. Yeah, plenty of chances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also the the uh, Cote d'Ivoire goalkeeper Badri Ali Sangare, who had a major cock up in the Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone draw. And also lost his dad that night. Mm. So he's, yeah, I thought, anyway, I thought he played really well. Um, and lots of chances made for Mohamed Salah, Mohamed Salah making lots of chances. But even still, it, it was very evenly matched. Fella. Yeah. Egypt's have been pretty cautious throughout the tournament. Um, but I mean, it's a real it, shock it's when you see who's in charge. Yeah, right. <laughs> Carlos loving it. Um, but it, it, that is, it's the old cliche of, of growing into a tournament, isn't it? And they are clearly doing that. Yeah. Um, so I think surely at some point, or maybe they won't, maybe they won't sort of wake up and become sort of free-flowing. It's a, it's something we always want to see happen that doesn't necessarily actually happen, particularly in tournaments, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, my, my theory of it is the way to win tournaments, which Italy at least partly debunked last summer um, in, in Euro 2020. That idea of it saves energy um, and, and it's easier to defend on block and, and mm. then try and pick the little bits out. So it, is, it has tended to be the way to win international tournaments if you go back through recent World Cups and Euros apart from last summer's. Um, but I, I don't know if that quite holds if it's mid-season. I mean, 
players aren't more knackered mid-season than they are yeah. at the end of a season. But yeah, then again, I probably think that's the Carlos Queiroz effect. I mean, very unlike him to uh, defend for his life and let a star player do it all. Never seen that before. <laughs> well, if it, if it all works out, we'll be calling him a genius. Um, Sally, the last we'll see of Ivory Coast boss Patrice Bimel, who's twice won Afghan as Harvey Renard's assistant and seemed to be paying a bit of homage to the Renard <laughs> yeah. with his shirt choice. It's like they've, it is like they've just found them down a sort of handsome dad mine, isn't it? Like it's just where, <laughs> they, where they keep finding these beautiful men. And why do they always turn up with too few buttons on their shirts? Yeah. I don't know, actually. In in the running order, I'm not sure who it has put it in inverted commas, but a divorced hot dad shirt <laughs> is what it's been called back, don't it? It's, it's it, but the, two, the buttons, the chest out thing, brass... Well, look, whatever your views on that, it's better than Sven in an Ivory Coast tracksuit. Yes. Which is a sight that will be burned onto my retinas forever. <laughs> Him in that orange tracksuit. I think it's just, I think the essence of it is that the buttons are one thing, but yeah. it's a very slim fit, isn't it? Yes. And it's it's to show that the, the, the dad is in good shape, actually. Because uh, I thought a dad bod to him. is not that, is it? No, a dad bod is just like, this man is comfortable cuddly. with his bod. Yeah, exactly. Cuddly. Um, nice. Yeah. Or on the way to cuddly. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm sad. I know I'm sad actually. Speller's not in here for for him to rebut your claims about Sven. Anyway, the other game that also finished nil nil, but ultimately uh, Equatorial Guinea go through on penalties. Another upset delivered by Equatorial Guinea. Six five in the shootout. Twenty year old goalkeeper Jesus Awono was the hero with two saves in this one. Some less attractive penalties, but ultimately. That's oh, a good news story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, penalty shootout tears inevitably happen, especially at this stage in a competition. But um, I, I did not enjoy that at the end, obviously, because I felt a little bit sorry for Mali as well. Mm. But they were the bitter tears of regret having not taken those yeah. chances earlier on. I'm, I'm not into bitter tears of regret. As no. in, you don't think people think regrets shouldn't happen, or you think no? no I just, I just much... don't. I don't enjoy seeing it. Oh, right. Aww. I thought you were being really stoic then. So. <laughs> I have no time for emotion. Bite your lip <laughs> and stiffen it. Um, emotional yeah. like penalty shootout things are, are very much part of my AFCON experience. I just remember, you know, when um, Gabon and Equatorial Guinea were hosting together mm. and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And it is a real shame not to see him in this tournament. I, I know people yeah. are like snickering about his, his timekeeping and all that other stuff at the moment, and overlooking the fact that he's been a player that we've all enjoyed watching for the last decade. Mm. The, the, one of the AFCON moments is when at home with the president and his wife wearing their Aubameyang shirts, he missed the penalty in the quarterfinal shootout, burst into tears, and his, his dad came on the pitch and gave him a cuddle. Oh. That was, oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Oh. 61 places higher, Marley, than Equatorial Guinea. So it is a, be it is a big achievement. Yeah, it's huge. And, uh, and 14 shots they had, Marley, to, to Equatorial Guinea's nine. But sadly, only one each on target in the 120 minutes. Hoping for a bit more. A uh, bit more of that, and a bit less of that, sorry, in the next round. The final quarterfinal lineup is as follows Cameroon versus the Gambia, Burkina Faso versus Tunisia, Egypt against Morocco, and Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea. I mean, apart from the hosts, you would think, what, Egypt, the favourites at this point now? Yeah, possibly. I think Senegal are a funny one as well. They've not really 
woken up yet. Uh, they, they needed to, to, you know, have a two-man advantage. God, to, they made hard to, work of that. They really, they? they've made hard work of absolutely everything. They've yeah. been, they've, they've been awful to watch. But you think surely at some point they'll be better. So this is a good opportunity for them to wake up as well. But yeah, I think Cameroon and uh, and Egypt are surely, surely the ones to to expect to go all, all the way now. I, th- I really want Morocco to win that against Egypt. I, just the the, the the dullness of Egypt. It, it is Carlos Quiroz. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It's it's just yeah. Too many memories of some dull Portugal sides, and the Morocco have been super fun so far. Mm. Yeah. All right. One to look out for now. I'm afraid Everton fans, we need to get to Everton. Um... <laughs> I swear one day Everton fans you'll be able to look forward to this. Yeah. Where to start with the extraordinary adventures of Vitor Pereira? He, well, when we wrote this originally, it was he is the front runner from the, for the Everton job. And he'd certainly been to some interviews with the board. Uh, and with but Fahad not just Shiri. with the board. Yeah. But he thought, and he obviously was just on a roll. You know what they say about that? You know, if you've got to do some job interviews, you probably warm up into it, maybe get a few lined up in a week. And yeah. perhaps that was the approach he took when he thought, I'm getting good at this. I or, should do some more interviews, or, or like including when, on Sky Sports News. It's like when Oscar season comes around yeah. and, and actors start doing the rounds in the, in the press, trying yeah. to sort of like it's whole junk it. Yeah, exactly. He's just doing a little press tour, isn't he? See, I took it as if, like, you know, when you get off at Gatwick or Luton, and they have those little vending machines yeah. saying, buy your UK SIM card here. I don't know if he's thought, well, it's pay as you go. I've got like, you know, 120 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Might yeah. as well get stuck in. Might as well use them. So yeah. if you haven't seen this, this is uh, Pereira, yeah, just hopped on the phone to Sports News to talk about how how he'd gone in his interview. Yeah, how the interview went. Very unconventional. And how he was upset. I mean, so the idea... It was good TV. <laughs> I mean, is this going to set the precedent? I'm all for it. Because the idea was that people had been already... Pre- they'd been pre-protesting um, about the idea of him being the manager of Everton. Mm-hmm. Partly because it feels as though at least on at least two occasions in the past, he hasn't been considered to be the man good enough, yeah. quote-unquote, for Everton, and then now suddenly he is. Yeah, well, at least um, they don't nearly know where he lives, eh? <laughs> um, so, posters, graffiti includes Pereira out, Lampard in. What do we make of that? Is that a good instruction? It's a bit weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird. It depends who, um, who, who wrote the graffiti as well. If it's Mashiri, you think, come on. He's, play- oh, he's playing all You've the got levels more of a there, isn't this. he? Yeah, the thing is, it looks like the act of one lone wolf. Yeah, well, this it? is the problem, isn't it? You don't want to tar every Everton fan with with that that, that bucket of paint, essentially. Mm. Um, so it, that is again, we, we mentioned this recently. That must be what's what one of the most frustrating aspects of all this kind of of this circus is really for for sensible fans who just want to get on with enjoying their club. Um, but I mean, I've, it's even I mean, obviously there was there was a bit of unrest before. Benitez came in to say the least. Yeah. A bit you of would, yeah, yeah, and you would expect that to a degree, but it's I, I don't think I've ever seen this before to this this degree. I mean, there were people seemed angry about Gattuso um, and even and even Nuno coming to Spurs, yeah, but like right. graffiti and stuff already because the guy's a bit underwhelming. It's a mm. it's but, a but it's, it's not really about him. It's about the board, isn't and, it? And like it wasn't it was, obviously it was a bit about Benitez because of the Liverpool stuff, but it wasn't that much about Benitez as well certainly not for all Everton fans yeah. I think the the idea of some uh, as in some areas of like portraying like Everton fans as really hot tempered and unreasonable I don't think is very fair no. it's it's just a sense of the club as uh, is rudderless has mm. no direction there's no plan for the future so it's not really about Vitor Pereira but surely after this you would say at most clubs that they can't appoint him 
after he's, oh, sure. after, yeah. after he's gone and done this. The interview. But, yeah, yeah, after the Sky interview. But it's Everton. Jesus, so, you think that he might so still? Well, I think, well, we can't rule it out, is my point. Because it wasn't at, just Sky, he also other... talked to the Mail as well. Like, he's really been doing yeah. a full gamut. I think the, the issue is... Definitely the 120 minutes thing. <laughs> The the issue is 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 Mashiri and and uh, Usmanov, isn't it? They like they need to get someone in who actually knows how to run a football club, rather than is just having a go at it. Essentially, it's, yeah, it's 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 the combination of the incompetence and the not giving the tiniest shit about what the fans think. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the issue, isn't it? I rather think... than rather than any, you know, uh, the, the names, whether it be Pereira, Lampard, or anyone, it's not really that relevant. I don't think. Well, it's what is the process of is this whole yeah. process is the pro- yeah. I mean it, signi- it signifies what the problem is. It's, yeah, it's that and the lack of purpose, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, exactly I, right. But well, he has got some purpose though, Mashiri, because he's just increased his stake in Everton to ninety four percent. I'm sure they'll be delighted to hear that. So he's showing he's got commitment, commitment I, to the cause <laughs> that he fully understands. Come on, it's right, horrible. Right in, bite someone. <laughs> I think that part of the issue as well is. I think it's very difficult for Everton to actually exist as they kind of see themselves where their ambitions would be fulfilled in the sort of current ecosystem of the Premier League because there are essentially, there are just too many bigger teams in front of them now. I mean, there was a banner at a game a little while ago and again, I want to caveat this by saying, of course, we know that not every Everton fan expects this, but there was a banner at the game that said the fans expect the best. So like that, that pressure goes through to the board, clearly, doesn't it? That adds to the, the sort of situation. But it, it and that's really, how, really over the top. It depends on how you define the best. Yeah. The best well, doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean... It means having a plan. Yeah, it doesn't... Sure. I don't know, surely the, the best the, the is best, fairly definitive, It means it? the best that Simply we the can... Best. The, the best that we can do. Right. I, I, I think, you know... That, I think, yeah, With actually, what we've got. Okay. I think I think that's what it means. I don't think it means challenging for the Premier League or getting in the Champions League or any of that stuff. Well, I don't it see why not. Do. I don't see why not. I'm sure Everton fans would say. Um, should, yeah, I get the argument for, you're for Europe at least, right? I, I just feel like perhaps the components they need to achieve what they want are just a little bit out of their reach, purely but because that's... there are too many teams around them competing with that. If you look at the traditional top six, mm. and then you throw Leicester in there as well, it's like the Premier League is bloated with with those high profile teams. But that's the a lot nature of, that is, of competition. A lot of Jim, that is, isn't it? It, it, it is, <laughs> but it's never been like this before, really. If you, I mean, Chelsea and Man City are not a new phenomenon, but the league has never had has never had teams like that in there as well. Like there are there are like there are six teams now that everyone else is aiming at. Yeah. And that that's pretty unique. And I think and Everton you, unfortunately find themselves in a position well. where exactly they, there's it's very difficult for the, them to get in players that won't want to go elsewhere ahead of them. But the counter argument to this is obviously how do you build a, a football club exactly. well? And and I'm sure fans would say of of Everton they would say well look what people need and what people want is a uh, like we've talked about before, a good billionaire owner. And mm. like you see at Leicester, for example, and Mashiri, you know, in terms of having the resource, there's no reason why if he was able to delegate, if he was able to to work within structures and, and et cetera, et cetera, why he wouldn't be able to turn Everton with the weight of the history that they have into a high achieving club. They've, oh, they've been there. Yeah. And it's, it's a good reminder, I suppose, with the stage that, say, Newcastle are at at the moment. Get a director of football. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't hang about. This is what they need. They and give them power. The the squad is 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 a result of a lot of failed experiments, isn't it? They need to get Marie Kondo in there. Get rid of anything that doesn't spark joy. And I, you feel like they probably need to just like 
Do they need to rip it up and start again, again, or do they need to just make, make the best of, of what they've got? It feels like every idea has been exhausted. Well, let's hope that Farhad hasn't been following the story from last week in Portugal, where fourth tier side Victoria Sanash have been. They're, they're doing great. They've been on a six game unbeaten run, their best run of the season. But President Antonio Joachim dismissed the coach and hired who better than himself as manager in the uh, middle of last week? Have we found Portuguese Glenn Tamplin? This is exciting. <laughs> I mean, he says uh, on local radio, so again, further resonance here, perhaps. He says, after a lot of insistence, we have <laughs> Tony Joachim taking charge of the Love team. Love that. <laughs> He's third personing himself. Um, explaining that the choice was made because he was the person who best knows the squad. I love that idea of like giving a statement where you describe it as if it's some sort of out of body experience. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, it's by the same logic, you could you know make the kit man the, the yeah uh, yeah the, yeah the yeah. Coach. I know who everyone is, so I might as well be the manager. Well, we've all watched Ted Lasso by now, haven't we? <laughs> In fairness, they did draw one one with third place Marin Hensi on Sunday. So well, you know we'll be following their fortunes, know? though. I feel. Will we? I think yes. I think we really bloody should follow their fortunes. And I look forward to it. I mean, you watch a lot of fourth-tier Portuguese football anyway, don't you? Yeah, you, you, this, this, can't, this can't have come as a surprise to you. Well, when, when I was fiddling about with my phone at the start and Kate was complaining that I wasn't paying attention, what do you think I was doing? <laughs> Just checking out their fortunes. Yep. All right. Well, you, I mean, feel free to contribute something useful to the podcast then, Brass. <laughs> they're, they're playing now. I'm still watching it. <laughs> Lovely stuff. All right, we'll catch a bit more of that while we get to the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Clash of the Titles is the podcast where two movies with something in common go head to head in a fight to the death as we decide which film does it better. And for the whole of January and February, we're taking film suggestions from you, our listeners. 
but he said to me, I was putting on, and because we've done the social network, and he's like, why are you doing all these good films? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, you know. And then I had to admit that every, other people pick them not. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Join me, Alex Zane, with Chris Tilly and Vicky Crompton every Monday and Thursday. Search Clash of the Titles wherever you get your pods. Well, I know it's half-time in the tie, but that's an incredible advantage. Do you feel like the job is done? No, I uh, don't feel it, the job is done, but it was a good job done. Uh... <laughs> Welcome back to the Football <laughs> Ramble. I love that so much. With me, Jim and Andy Bressel in your ears. Woo, little new pronunciation there of Bressel for you. Bring Bressel. back Ole, I say. Uh, now it's time to get to your emails. I call on Alex Christian there, the short version. Yeah. You see, the thing is, I don't know if it's because Pete lives in my head. I thought that was Pete. But, but well done, Alex. Uh, not meaning to take away from your musical excellence there. Uh, an email from Simon. Uh, having heard the discussion between Andy, Vish and Marcus on whether or not you should tempt yourself by going to a place that is showing an important game on a first date, I'd like to share my story. In 2006, I was on a first date and having something to eat. Um, after having something to eat, sorry, we went to a fairly generic bar. The date was 25th of June and the knockout stages of the 20, 2006 World Cup had just started. Okay. Uh, and, and so I draw your attention to the <laughs> Portugal versus Netherlands last 16 tie, which was to become known as the Battle of Nuremberg. <laughs> yes. It was showing on a massive TV just over my date's left shoulder. 16 yellows and four reds meant I was understandably constantly distracted. For some reason, she thought I wasn't interested in her, a notion I dispelled later that night. Oh, 16. <laughs> Oh, please. No, 16 let's years go later. Full TFI Friday. <laughs> 16 years later. Oh. We're still together, married with two young lads, so no harm done. Oh, See? that's nice. Manish made it happen. <laughs> uh, that's lovely to hear from you, Simon. I think fair enough. Yeah, and also lovely to hear about Manish. I don't think about Manish that often. Right. You know, Great you know, player. he's a, he's um, a sommelier now. Of course, he is. That's fantastic. Yeah. Jack has been in touch. Uh, he says, "Am I a footballing curse?" Oh, let's figure it out for you, Jack. I got into football at the 2002 World Cup and chose to follow my dad's team and my hometown club, Leeds United. Within two minutes of my first match, we were 1-0 down against Big Sam's Bolton, finished 4-2 to the big slug, and having missed the European <laughs> dream within five years of supporting them, we were bottom of League One with minus 15 points. Oof. Fast forward 10 years to 2017 and I graduate my journalism degree and start working in local radio in Bradford, just after City's push for promotion to the Championship. Alas, they failed and are now painfully mid-table in League Two. Hmm. In March 2018, I left my Yorkshire homeland to work in Derby. Oh, Within no. a couple of months, my beloved Leeds United sack Paul Heckingbottom and the Bielsa love affair begins with me safely over 60 miles away. Upon arriving in Derby, their automatic promotion push falls apart and they're beaten in the playoff semi-finals before manager Saga's 
Rowett, Lampard, etc. And all the trouble that's followed. I did six weeks at Leicester, starting the day after they won the <laughs> FA Cup. They've been shit ever since. Worked in Nottingham while they were crap. As soon as I left, they got rid of Hewton and Steve Cooper's team led them up the table. I moved to work in Hull in November. They've had a takeover saga, beaten two of the top three, then promptly sacked their manager. Tell me I'm not the reason. I've never lived or worked in Newcastle, but my best friend and sif- sister have. So that's why they're fucked too. So, um, yeah, I don't believe in that sort of stuff, Jack, but at the same time, never come to North London. Yeah, so yeah I, d- I don't believe bit. in that either, Jack, but um, I'm a bit worried about Wimbledon not scoring any goals at the moment. So if you wouldn't mind a couple of months in Fleetwood. Yeah. I mean, can anyone beat that? That's, it's quite a comprehensive list, um, list of, of, of curse giving. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. The cursing. The cursing. Why not? Perhaps. <laughs> Although, as Brass points out, you could actually hire yourself out as a bringer of football curse yeah position a freelance hellraiser yeah so if it doesn't work out with a journalism degree you, he can c- go to Spurs with you that's that what you're saying he can well we can debate that <laughs> and I think you know people would people would bid right it yeah. could be a right old money spinner get in touch with us at the show show at footballramble.com or tweet us now it is still time for the January transfer window to be discussed and there's a saga there is a saga uh, where Brass is going to raise a bit of player welfare generally, but for the rest of us, it's it's just baffling, the situation with Aaron Ramsey at Juventus. They're yeah. trying to just hustle him out. He hasn't, I can't, it's extraordinary to think how little he's been able to contribute to that Juventus side. Six yeah. goals and six assists in almost three years in Italy. And if we remember when he left, there's kind of a sense, uh, left London, I mean, there was a kind of a sense of enthusiasm about the idea yeah. of him getting the chance to go and hopefully... Beat, do his thing be the great a, player that we country, know yeah. that we've seen playing for Wales yeah absolutely and he's been playing you know, very successfully for Wales recently as well I mean he has certainly had injury problems while he's been in Turin but that's not the that's not all of it one of the things that I read recently that I found really shocking about this was that Andrea Pirlo said he was really surprised by Aaron Ramsey and like what a good player he was it's like are you mad mm. like have you not done your due diligence on your own squad like I just feel like he's genuinely been undervalued there as well but and, in, in comparison to like what else they've got in the squad and the sort of players they've been able to buy. I, I think that was slightly misquoted because okay. Pirlo loved him, uh, which I, I, th- I think is really important now when you look at how little he's valued. I think the fact that he's gone from a coach that really valued him, even if Pirlo had his difficulties, to one who feels he just doesn't fit mm. at all is, is, is a bit of a shame. And I think he's a, a victim of a couple of things. Firstly, the fact that they have a lot of very slow midfielders. And so there's there's a lack of variety in there. Yeah. They signed and the second bit is they signed a lot of players on free transfers and Adrian Rabio is is one. And we go back to to Pirlo and think, oh, aren't they masters in the transfer market? They've lumbered themselves with loads of horrendously big contracts. Yeah. And yeah, it Aaron Ramsey is one of those. Getting it for a steal, didn't that's how that was how it was reported. But, that's how he the perspective on it, wasn't but, it? But don't don't you remember also at the time thinking with Aaron Ramsey, they're paying him how much? Yeah. Well, we're seeing this happen weeks, a not a lot now, aren't we? Players just yeah. leaving at the end of their contracts and then becoming difficult to shift because they've got they're on big wages because they didn't come under transfer fee. But you would think hopefully the pandemic does something a, a, about this because the the way that players are being treated, I know people will say, well, they're getting paid a lot and they need to go in with their eyes open, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, for a long time now, and this goes back to when. Inter decided they'd had enough of paying Wesley Snyder his big whack and they didn't want to pay it anymore. Mm. The, the methods in which big clubs are using to try and force 
players out. We've seen this with the Usman Dembele thing with Xavi going, you either have to sign a new contract or, or leave now, leave this month. Mm. That's not how it works. It's, you, that's you can't, just bully, trying to bully someone yeah, out. Yeah, but I think it happens a lot, even yeah. to big players. I think you, you look at Gareth Bale at Real Madrid. Oh my God, and yeah, great example. I think these are contracts where the minute they've been signed, pretty much like they've, they've sort of gone, the clubs have gone, what have we done here? And some ethical thing about it, that's one ethical part, but also mm. it's clear that they're briefing against these players as well. Yeah, you remember totally. how, it, how totally. unpleasant it turned in the Real Madrid situation. But I suppose the question is, so you're saying that they are rebounding the kind of cock-up on their player, despite the fact that they yeah. were responsible for making the bad decision in the first yeah, place. Yeah, what, what you were saying there about trying to brief against that player, and, and Bale versus Real Madrid is, is, is the example of that. Uh, I just think... How is that a way to get rid of a player? It's like, this guy's really lazy and unprofessional. Yeah. Would you like to sign him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see it all the time, though. As, as well as it being untrue, it's, it's just, you know, yeah. this, this just panic to yeah. try and get these players out of the door. And, you know, I, I don't want to go back to the, to the Super League and stuff. <laughs> these are the people yeah. who are trying to shape the future of football who <laughs> can't, we just don't have a clue how to manage finance at all. It's one extraordinary. The, one of the things that we always enjoy in the Ramble is that, you know, in many ways, football's not really a professional industry. No, no. <laughs> no, it's an absolute circus. And that's what's enjoyable about it in, in so many ways. But then, you know, when you kind of, you know, get below the surface a bit to the people involved, obviously sometimes it comes back to bite them or, or simply bites them in the first place, rather. But it is sad when you've just got this cool player you want to play. Yeah, yeah. just a, so many, like Dembele and, and Ramsey, just... just Two players who could be could be lighting it up anywhere. Bale yeah. for for so much of his career as well. Obviously, it's yeah. a bit of a strange situation, but yeah. So I mean, the the, the teams Ramsey's been linked with are Crystal Palace, Newcastle, and Burnley, and um, he's being made out to be difficult, essentially, isn't he? So I know he just he just won't sign for them. I think maybe he's think... waiting out for some different offers. You know, but I think yeah. It... No disrespect that I'm about to make to those teams, but yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, the thing obviously is, Palace are having a good season, um, but he's not going to want to join a relegation battle with, with, with Newcastle or Burnley, is he? And he's probably just holding out for, for a team he thinks is about fit. And, and it might not, and it might he, not be... Is his right. It might not be... Exactly. And it might not be suitable to his life, his family situation. Mm. We, we don't know any of that. And I, to be honest, I think a lot of people don't care about that. No. But absolutely. it's fine for him to care about that. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah, exactly. And um, one way maybe he should brief his agent to try and move things on is how Usman Dembele's agent um, has been <laughs> creatively uh, adapting so good. reality to, to fit his needs. Um, he was filmed by Spanish TV leaving the airport with his phone in his hand. Sorry, not just Spanish TV. El Chiringuito. Oh, get in! in. El Chiringuito? <laughs> is that, it's the beach bar, isn't it? it of course means. it it's, is. Uh, it's, it's the best show on TV and I don't even speak the language it's in. You don't need to. Do oh, I don't think it matters. Because it's, it's all about atmosphere. So basically what happens is he's leaving, whatever, and he's got his phone. Normally when you talk on your phone, it's facing kind of it's up against your face. But not this time. It was with the word Leonardo PSG yeah. as the caller ID. It's clearly visible. It's clearly staged. visible. It, it, it is staged. And I think you have to applaud him yeah. for that. I, I think there's probably an amount of effort that's that's gone into it. It's like at Christmas... There were when we got downstairs and we were opening presents on Christmas Day. I can say this because my children don't listen to the ramble. What? But um, this is a disgrace. Uh, we 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 got downstairs and we'd forgot to label two of the presents that were from Santa. We'd forgot which to to, to label them so the children wouldn't know which one was which. So basically, while they were opening the other presents, I took my wife's phone, 
changed her name <laughs> in my phone to Santa, changed her WhatsApp profile picture <laughs> to a picture of Santa, and sent myself a WhatsApp going, oh, by the way, that, that big one's for child one and the other oh. one's for, for child two. And I, I went to kids, look, I've just got, um, I've, I've got a WhatsApp from Santa <laughs> and that one's for you and that one's for you. Are and you I, saying... I, and they're like, oh, have you got Santa's number? And I was like, yeah, when, when, you, when you become a parent, you get Santa's number. <laughs> Are you saying that you gave this idea to Osmond Belli's agent? Well, look, draw your own conclusions. Do you, are you still in touch with Santa? <laughs> what do you want for next year? I'll put in a word for you. <laughs> uh, more direct methods include, um, oh, Ralph Rangnick again providing the goods. A Manchester United fan asked him on TikTok what will happen to Jesse Lingard. Rangnick just said he'll leave as a free agent at the end of the season. Doesn't care, does he? It's Why brilliant. can people not just be more straightforward? Be more Rangnick. I mean, it's not a huge reveal, is it? Not really. No. no. Um, if he'd have said, we're going to charge Newcastle like, 12 million to have him for like 17 games. That would have been a better one, I think. It is and then fun, gone, isn't it? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Turned around striking a cat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. That's actually how I picture Accrington's chairman, who we're gonna who we're coming on to before we get out of here. Um lovely Andy Holt, stroking a cat. Well, yes. Huh. I don't you know. Don't actually, have to I, stroke a cat in an evil way. No. Well, that was the image I was trying to give. <laughs> yeah. I also think that's not, not trying to clean your image, Jim. <laughs> I'm not sure that Andy Holt would. That suggests like someone who's reacting very calmly and Machiavellian, evilly. Yeah. yeah, which doesn't seem like this is what he's been up to. Uh, he took to Twitter. Uh, to, call, to call Ipswich so he, so he's the chairman yeah of Accrington Stanley he took to Twitter to call Ipswich's captain Sam Morsey a shit house following his size 2-1 defeat to Ipswich okay we've all called people shit houses sadly we're not the chairman of a football club and he presumably realised or was subsequently told that he couldn't as the chairman call opposition players a shit house although you know, Peter Adaraminogue calls his own players cowards. So maybe that's maybe that is just how it's done. Um, he then said, but the best bit is the apology. He said, I didn't want to own a football club and I'm used to saying things as I see them. I hope I don't do it again, but I cannot make any promises. That's how I roll. Like, like, I love it. That's how I roll. Like a T4 presenter from the <laughs> North East. Like, where does that come from? I, he, thought that, I thought that phrase had gone. That's how I roll. He is a really good Twitter follower. <laughs> He, he really is. Well, he says he's, he's left now. He's really. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's he's really open and honest about the runnings of a League One football club. It's mm. fascinating. He's really, really interesting. He took over in 2015, didn't he? When they were on the verge of folding, sort of very reluctantly. So he means it when he yeah, says he, he really didn't does want mean own it. A football like, club. Yeah. So what? So okay. So we're pro Holt here. Oh yeah. He should be able to call everybody shit houses and whatever he wants. Absolutely. Okay. Fine. It's not even. It's not even a joke. He's well, just behaving also, as we want also, the chairman of of Accrington Stanley to behave. It was. It was backed up, wasn't it, by the guy getting a four match ban? Yeah, that's true. I um, mean, if he'd have been cleared of all charges, uh, maybe he'd have a climb down to do. But I don't know. Okay, so perhaps we need more of this. Yeah, is yeah. what you're saying. More, <laughs> yeah, more chairmen who essentially don't care. I don't know. Do we need that? <laughs> Maybe this is. I think be... we had enough of them in the first half, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe this could be Mashiri's newest land grab, trying to curry favour with supporters by insulting opposition players. Do you think that's what we need, Alicia Uzmanov on on Twitter? No, Ooh. I don't think that. Oh. But if you want to join Twitter and you're listening, Mister Uzmanov, 
please do. Um, if you haven't had enough Andy Brassel in your ears for one day, well, good news. That's a great trailer. <laughs> <laughs> It is on the continent day. Head over to Football Ramble Presents for a brand new episode. Lars Sivertron uh, joins Dotton and Andy to discuss all of the latest on Doosan. Oh, God, not this. Oh, no, you can actually talk about it because it is real. Whereas when we were talking about it in the Premier League, it's not real at all. Uh, Dusan Flavic's future, why so many of the world's best players are on short-term contracts and share the story of how a newly promoted team in Belgium's top flight are on course to win the title. Sounds great, Brass. Oh, it will be. It will be. Cool. And I am stroking a cat as I'm saying that. Yeah, there's, it's, as we know, pets are allowed in the Football Ramble <laughs> studio. On tomorrow's show, it will be Marcus, Pete and Luke. It's Friday tomorrow, is it not? It is. Crikey. Game time. We don't. We no longer, fans of Luke's game will notice that you no longer know what the matchup is going to mm-hmm. be. Are we talking Luke v Marcus? Are we talking Pete v Marcus? Even we don't know. We can't no, we speculate. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy that one, guys. We certainly will be. Nice to see you, Jim. You too. Nice to see Andy Brass. Likewise. Glad you can finally finish sending that text now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble part of the ACAST Creator Network. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.